0: welcome to the artist work ethic podcast i'm mike pelak i'm a screenwriter and filmmaker is always looking to maximize my time and potential as i work to break in in this podcast i talk to artists of all kinds who have seen success in their fields about their process habits and work ethic Today on the show is Matt Appleton. Matt's a Grammy-nominated musician who plays in the ska punk band Real Big Fish, as well as The Inevitables. He's also a writer, producer, and engineer who's worked with or performed with Panic at the Disco, The Used, Good Charlotte, Anti-Flag, Refused, Goldfinger, Story of the Year, and a ton more. All right, Matt, thank you for coming on with me today. Good to be here. So, you've been part of a ton of projects in your career. You play in Real Big Fish. You've been nominated for a Grammy. You recently produced Big D and the Kids Table's new record, Do Your Art, and have been involved with a ton of other bands. I know it takes a lot of energy and inspiration to bring all those things to fruition. Where are you pulling that, you know, that energy and just like go get it attitude from? I guess realizing
1: long ago that. There's a lot of people that want to work in music and be successful at music. And I was always surrounded by lots of really talented people growing up, both in high school and in uh, and in college. So I always knew I had to do something to, to make it happen. I'm good at what I do, and I've always been a good musician, but I've never been like the best, you know? Like there's always been people around me in high school and college that were like, Better saxophone players or better singers or whatnot. And I'm like, all right, so what do I gotta do? I just gotta do what I gotta do to secure myself a spot out there. And I figured hustling and working hard was one thing I could was was like a big thing I could do to set myself apart. And I I guess I didn't realize that until later on, like once I was already doing it and and a grown-up and all that kind of stuff. I just really wanted to work in music and like when I first started, when I, when I finished school and moved to California, I was just so excited to be there, to be in LA and the, the possibility of working on records uh, was just so exciting. The hustle wasn't really, it didn't even really feel like a hustle. It was like, this is all I want to do. So like any opportunity to work on this, I'm, I'm in, like, this
0: is all I can think about. So, going back to those early days, and you kind of touched on this, but when you were first working to break into music what what kind of specific steps were you taking you know relating to your work ethic and that hustle I, I was seeking I was looking for as many opportunities
1: as possible, you know, passing my resume around everywhere, using any connections I had from, from Skidmore College or from full sale, the two schools I went to, and then once something comes in, just saying yes, always saying yes, you know, even if you know at first there's no money, right? You know, you're working. Okay, fine, L- just let me in. Uh, saying yes to everything. I rare. I don't. I don't say no much.
0: Uh, That's been a really recurring theme through through everyone that I you know so many people that I've been talking to for this is whether it's you know whether they're an actor who are like I'm just going to say yes to that student film because. You just never know. Worst case, you're acting for a day. You know what you're doing with music, or you know people who write. They just they just go for it. They just say yes. I talked to uh, Jason LaRocca from The Briggs. Yeah, his big thing was he was like, "I'll just say yes until I I can't say yes anymore because eventually the break will come when the phone stops ringing."
1: Yeah, it's it's true. It's yeah. I never turned down anything. Very rarely. I mean, nowadays I turn down things occasionally, but like it's such a blessing to be able to, to do what I do.
0: And so I, I just say, yes, I love doing it. So with all the, all the projects that you're involved in and in and out and doing different things, how are you structuring your day to be as productive as possible across all those things?
1: When I was first recording all the time, it was just like you wake up and you go to the studio and you work until you can't work anymore and then you go to sleep and then you wake up and you go back to the studio. I did that for like six years nonstop. And then, since, and then, then there's been a decade of touring with Real Big Fish where my day to day schedule, it was kind of the same, but kind of different because I'm in a different spot every day. But I would always bring a laptop and microphones and, you know, whatever I needed to do to run Pro Tools while I was out there. So, but I got like really quick while, while touring, it would be wake up when the bus pulls in. And then go inside, you know, grab a coffee and go inside and start looking for a quiet corner of the venue, like a a closet or a spare room or something that I could put myself in and set up my Pro Tools rig and my computer and get editing or get tracking or whatever I had to do that day. And so I'd get right in there and do that first thing in the morning and work until sound check, do sound check and then go back to work and, you know, take a dinner break and then do the show. Uh, that that was really helpful for my touring sanity too. Just to always have other work going on besides just waiting around for the show to happen. These days, uh, a lot's changed. I'm in, I'm living in New Hampshire and working in. Uh, I have a studio in Vermont now. So these days, I'm getting up at six forty-five, seven in the morning, and I've got an hour commute to my studio. So I just get up and I drive straight there. Right up. I have my breakfast made and my lunch put together the night before, just like when I used, you know, just like in high school <laughs> and I just get up and go. And then I, I eat my oatmeal in the car while I'm driving. I review mixes or whatever I've been working on in the car, you know, to, to use that time. I I listen and make my mix notes in the car on the drive. Other thing I'm doing on the drive is, uh, you know, learning songs that I've got to learn. I'm playing um, a couple shows with Jeff Rosenstock next week. Oh, and. Nice. I'm learning his set right now. So like on my drive, I listened to, we're doing the Scott dream record. So I listened to the Scott dream record all the way through. And and then on the way home, I listen to it all the way through again. Just so I'm like, Oh, I'm trying to do something all the time. Uh, even when I'm, when I'm driving, I'm trying to like, okay, how can I make use of this time where I'm stuck in the car?
0: I was just gonna say, I feel like what I'm hearing from both your current thing. And, you know, when you were touring more, it sounds like you're finding those moments where someone else might just be Sitting down, staring at the ceiling, and you're kind of using them, even if it's for something small, to just kind of always just push it forward a little bit.
1: Yeah, that's it's it's kind of crucial for me, and and I wish I could say that I'm always good about using all available bits of time, but I fail at that, not irregularly, Mm -hmm. but I, I can say that I've been really good about about making use of of downtime, like when when I'm driving or like when I'm in a in like I, I had a doctor's appointment yesterday. I'm in the waiting room and I've got my headphones so I can review my the mixes that I'm working on on my earbuds,
0: see how they sound on earbuds. And I'm, oh, that's something I can do while I'm sitting in the doctor's office. I think anyone in, in creative fields for any period of time definitely get their share of no's. How have you absorbed those no's and kind of flipped them around and just driving on anyway? They were harder... At the beginning of my career, like, well, not
1: at the very beginning, like when I was when I first moved to L.A. and started trying to work in the business, I got lots of no's or just no responses whatsoever for things. And that was fine. I was like, yeah, nobody knows me. I'm just trying to get a foot in the door, whatever. Then after once I was not just working for somebody, but working for myself, if stuff didn't work out, it was real tough at first like if your mix doesn't get picked or you don't get picked for a project or or whatever it is it's it's tough at first and then you realize that that's just part of it and then some something else is going to work out and somebody else is going to say yes and you just got to keep doing it keep like try try it again with somebody else you know um whatever you're working on and eventually you've done it. It's happened enough times so that it's not a big deal anymore. And I, I, I'm i there now. It's still like, sometimes it's a bummer if you've like put your heart and soul into something and then it doesn't work out in the end. That can be traumatic. But in terms of just like not getting a gig or somebody else's mix getting chosen over yours or something, it's like, eh, I'll just do another one.
0: There'll be another one tomorrow. So going off of that, how important would you say persistence and perseverance are to a successful work ethic. That's almost everything. And I was talking, I was talking to
1: Dave McWayne from big D about this last night. Cause we were working on a song together last night and I was thanking him for all, all his interviews he's been doing lately. He's been, and this is something we've talked about before, but he's been continuing to talk about not giving up. And this, the whole new record we just did do your art. It's a call to creative types or just people who are passionate about anything to keep doing what they love to do, no matter what, because you can't lose if you don't give up. And, and there's always like, even if you think nobody cares about what you're doing, there's always somebody out there that, that your, your art or whatever you're working on means something to them. And I constantly need to remind myself of that because it's a hard business to work in. And there is a lot of rejection. And sometimes you, you put a ton of work into something and you just, sometimes you just don't get any feedback, you know, like the song will just like go out there and think people are listening. I think people care about this, but people don't always tell you. So I'm always reminding myself that even when I'm feeling down about it, like don't give up. Dave McWayne says, don't give up says your art matters. I, okay. Okay. Dave. All you need is so, that one person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've always tried to tell that to myself. And it's funny. Cause I've been saying that in interviews for years now, like, The real key to having a career is in anything is just not to quit, because then other people are going to quit around you, and
0: you're going to be the one that's left (laughs) eventually. I've said that a few times, uh, like in the last couple of weeks in some of the interviews I've done, where as I've been working at screenwriting the past few years, I've started to see the people who were kind of my peers at the very bottom, you know, three years ago, who have all given up. And I feel like as I keep going, I'm punching through a little more and a little more. And technically as a craft, you get better at whatever you're doing. But it's it's so much has just been the people who were gave that gave it their one shot and just bailed on it. I'm I'm still there. I'm still in the game, just like like you're saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You never, you never know when your time is going to come, you know? And and in the meantime, you just keep plugging along and making do with what you've got. You know, it's like you hear stories of actors, like not getting a big role until they're 40 something years old or 50 or whatever. Or like with like Sharon Jones. Like how she she was like what working as a toll booth operator in New Jersey or something and then and then got her big break when she was in her 40s or 50s or something. Yeah, like imagine if Sharon Jones had quit trying to be a musician, the world would be different. <laughs> you got to stick with things,
0: and you'll find ways to make it work when times are tough. Totally. So, uh, just to wrap this up, anything that you want to plug or talk about that you've been working on? I'm part of this new band called The Inevitables with. Vinny from uh, less than
1: Jake and Obi from Westbound train uh, and Alex from big D and the kids table uh, and John from uh, uh, Jeff Rosenstock's band and bomb the music industry. And um, we've put out a record and we've got an EP of, of like what, I think we have two pretty darn cool reggae tunes coming out in January or we're at least announcing it in January. Maybe they're coming out in February. I don't know, but there's that to look forward to. And we just started working on a new full length, record uh that's what i'm doing today in the studio i'm laying down horns for three new songs for the inevitables for an eventual new lp and that's um that's my latest thing and then uh i've been working with a really talented artist named von smith who's uh known from american idol and postmodern jukebox and we're gonna have an ep coming out this uh coming year that is just about finished now and uh he's just absolutely outstanding and it's gonna be really cool so I i hope people listen
0: to it when it comes out Awesome. Well, Matt, thank you so much for coming on with me. Oh, you bet. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening today. Please subscribe to the Artists Work Ethic podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. And please rate and review the show. Follow us on Instagram at the Artists Work Ethic and check out the Artists